thank you to Kenneth Copeland Ministries for sowing the airtime for this broadcast. There's enough power in every sick room and in every hospital room to raise up that sick one that may be describing you. Yes, you yes. may be in a sick room. Yeah. You may be in a hospital room. And I want to remind you, power is present. That power is there to do a work. Believe in what's present, not try to get something, but notice that he's already made it yours. It's present right where you're at. Say, I receive that power. I receive that power. I receive it right now. I receive it right now. From the top of my head. The top of my head. the soles of my feet. The soles of my feet. Welcome. We are so glad you're joining us today for Jesus the Healer. We ask you, get hold of your Bible, get hold of a notepad, pen or pencil or some device and take notes. Follow along with us because we believe that God's going to say things to you that don't come out of my mouth even. I mean, the things that I say are worth noting at times. I mean, you can take notes there, but it, you know, when you're sitting in the atmosphere of the word, God will speak specifically to you. And so take notes of that too. You don't want to lose any of that, that God would say to you. We've been teaching on healing, but it's been from a bit of a different direction than most people would guess. And um, we know this health healing and long life belongs to us, but we need to know what is connected to that. And uh, we've been looking at a passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23. You can turn with us if you would. And you'll recognize this as the passage where Paul talks about communion. But there's so much connected to this for our own health and our own well-being. And so it, we invite you that if you have not been watching the previous episodes of this, go back on our on different platforms. We have them available to you. And you can watch these previous episodes because it would help you to know what was said before we before today. And uh, so we're going to read in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23. It says, For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup, and when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily or irreverently shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself and then let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily or irreverently eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause, the cause of not discerning the Lord's body, many are weak and sickly among you and many sleep. So notice he starts off talking about communion, but ends up talking about our health. Ends up talking about long life. So in, in verse 30, it says, this is the cause 
why many, not just a few, but many in the body of Christ, not talking about the world, not talking about those who are sinners, talking about Christians. This is why many are weak, why they're sickly, and why they die prematurely. And we could say this, it's a progression. Weakness, sickly, dying prematurely. We want to stop it before it gets uh, far in that progression. Amen. Uh, Well, what is the cause that Paul's talking about not discerning the Lord's body? There's two applications of what it means to discern the Lord's body. Number one, discern, recognize that on Jesus's body was laid sickness, disease, pain, symptoms. Amen. Amen. Not only that, laid on him was the sin of mankind. Laid on him was poverty and lack. Amen. Discern that. Discern what was laid on Jesus' personal body. Amen. When you discern that, you'll resist that from coming on you because you'll say, no, Jesus' body was broken so that mine could be whole. Amen. And so when people don't discern what Jesus took on him for this cause, many are weak, sickly, and many die prematurely. The second application of what it means to discern the Lord's body is to discern his spiritual body, the body of Christ. Every Christian, every believer is a member of the body of Christ. Jesus is the head and we are the body. Amen. Amen. And when people don't discern that they are a vital functioning part of the Lord's body, of the body of Christ for this cause, many are weak, sickly, and many die prematurely. So these are life and death matters to understand your place in the body. The renewed mind and as we grow and mature in Christ, we become body-minded, body of Christ-minded. We're thinking of the whole, not just thinking of us as individuals, but we are considering what does it mean for the way I live to my, the way I'm living my life, how's it going to affect the body of Christ? Right. Now, in that verse 30, there in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, the Norley translation says, because of this indifference, being indifferent toward discerning his body. Mm-hmm. Many of you are feeble, sickly, and some have died. So he's saying, don't be indifferent. We cannot afford to treat this lightly. We cannot afford to treat this as optional as our mindset toward the body of Christ. We need to take into an account what our, what our life, how it's affecting what I'm doing, where I'm going, who I'm hanging out with, conversations I'm having, words I'm saying. How is that affecting the the body of Christ? Is it weakening the body or making it stronger? Is it increasing the body or is it diminishing the body? Amen. First Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 18, it says this, but now hath God set the members, every one of them in the body as it has pleased him. So what's this mean? You've been set. If you're born again, God personally set you in the body as it pleased him. He positioned you as it pleased him in the position that suits you. And notice this, you're perfectly suited for where he sets you. You are perfectly suited to fill the place 
where he sets you. What an honor that God set us. You belong in the body. I said, you belong in the body. Amen. It's an honor that God has done that with us. Now I want to read Ephesians chapter four and verse 16. And this is the new living translation. Since God set us in the body, listen to how this read reads, God makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. So before you do anything, ask yourself, how's this going to affect my brother? How's this going to affect my local church? Before you do anything, think about it. That's called walking in love toward the body. You're considering them. You know, as parents, uh, when you go to make big life-changing decisions, a parent who is mindful of not just themselves, but of that whole family, Mm -hmm. they're going to think about, okay, if I decide to move my family, how's this going to affect my children? How's this going to affect my spouse? It's not just about how it affects me, because when you're a family man, Mm -hmm. you think in terms of family. It's the same thing. We're God's family. Yes. We're family people. Yes. We're going, we need to think in terms of the family. How is this going to affect the family, the yes. body of Christ? Right. We can't be indifferent about that. It's dangerous to be indifferent about that because this is God's body we're dealing with. <laughs> Jesus' body, God's family. Jesus' body that we're dealing with. So when we do our own special work, this verse says that it helps the other parts of the body to grow. We don't want to hinder the growth of the body of Christ. We want the other parts functioning healthy and growing and thriving. We don't want to do anything that's going to cause them to be diminished. And it says this, it helps the other parts to grow when we do our own special parts so that the whole body is healthy. We want to add to the health of the body of Christ by doing right, bringing our supply, bringing our part, doing our share of the work. You know, it's not right when you are a family member and everybody else has chores in the household, but you don't. (laughs) Like, what's up with that? (laughs) Kids don't put up with that. I mean, they take note of what what sibling is doing their work and which one isn't, and they're there to report it to mom and dad. Why? Because they even know it's not right that one does more work than the other In in the family of Christ, in the body of Christ. We're family members. We attribute and we have a responsibility to that family to do our share, to do our share of the work. It's not only a responsibility, it's a privilege. It's a privilege. Then 1 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 17, the Norley translation reads this way. Paul was writing and he said, each one should fill the place that God has assigned to him and to which the Lord has called him. Where God set you, you're called there. That's his calling there. Whether you ever are, whether you ever preach a sermon, fill a pulpit, that's not the only way to be called. (laughs) That every single one of us have a place to fill and we are called there. And then Paul goes on and writes, he said, this is the rule I lay down in all the churches. 
So notice this, to hear this rule and to fulfill this place, you got to be part of a church, a local church. He said, this is what I tell the churches. So when we are part of a local church, now we are positioned to be a greater supply in the body of Christ. We can't just sit at home all alone by ourselves without any interest in being part of local church and think that we're bringing the fullest supply we could. Amen. We need to serve along our brother, alongside our brothers and sisters. Amen. I want to read to you Luke chapter 4 and verse 16. Luke 4, verse 16, it reads, And Jesus came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. So we know this is his hometown. And look how it reads. And as his custom was, as his custom, how many of you know this is talking about his habit? As his habit was, as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day. What's this mean? Jesus went to church. The word flesh went to church. Jesus was the word. If Jesus honored where God's people gathered, we are to honor where God's people gathered. If Jesus, Jesus went to church to set an example for us also. Amen. People will say, well, I can be just as good a Christian as you and not go to church. You can't be like Jesus and not go to church. Because Jesus went to church. (laughs) Amen. Amen. And then I want to read to you Psalms chapter 92. And we'll look at verses 13 and 14. Psalms 92 verses 13 and 14 reads this way. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. Notice this. You're planted in the local church. You're not just a visitor. You're planted. You're planted in the house of the Lord. They shall flourish. So this gives us the idea if we're not planted, we're not going to flourish as we could have. But those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bring forth fruit in old age. They shall be fat and flourishing. That word, one translation says fat with the anointing. What's that mean? Full of the anointing. They shall still be bringing forth fruit in old age. So how we, how we treat the, the, the local church in our younger years is going to show up in our older years. Amen. They shall still bring forth fruit. See, God intends that no matter how old we get, we still bring forth fruit for him. Amen. They shall be fat or fat with anointing and flourishing. Hallelujah. Of course, Hebrews chapter 10 verse 24 says, and let us consider and give attentive. Now this is the amplified translation. And let us consider and give attentive, continuous care to watching over one another. See, we can't obey this verse if we're not part of a local church. Right? We need to be a part of working together. And studying how we may stir up, stimulate, and incite to love and helpful deeds and noble activities. So we should be stirring one another up. The way we live is to encourage someone else in their walk 
with, with, yes. with Jesus. Amen? Amen. Now look at verse 25, not forsaking or neglecting to assemble together as believers, as is the habit of some people. So notice some people do have that habit mm -hmm. of not congregating together, mm -hmm. not assembling together. Mm -hmm. uh, but it says, don't do that. Right. Don't do that. Yeah. Not forsaking or neglecting to assemble together as believers, as is the habit of some people, but admonishing, mm -hmm. warning, urging, and encouraging one another. That's what I'm doing to you right now. Yeah, that's right. And all the more faithfully as you see the day approaching. So in the last days before Jesus returns, it's so critical that we urge and admonish and warn people, come together, come together, come together. Why? There is going to be a supply that will come into your life that you cannot get unless you're present with the local church. Amen. Or you're part of it in some, some capacity. Sometimes people are bedridden and they can't. Thank God in this, tech, this day of technology, right. you can yes. turn on your local church many right. times and watch it. Yes. But if at all possible, get there in person yes. because it's going to bring so much into your life. Amen. Yes. Now we've been looking at, and we were looking at in the previous uh, episode, uh, to bring our supply to the body of Christ involves being part of a local church. How are we to bring our supply? We looked at number one, attend. Just show up. <laughs> because when we're absent, something of spiritual momentum is lost. So number one, attend. Number two, when you attend, bring your faith. How you attend matters. It's not just putting our bodies in a chair and saying, here. But it, we're there with expectation. We're there hungry and drawing on the anointing, drawing on the gift in our pastor, drawing on that word. We're thriving. We're, we're expecting God to say something to us and do something in our midst. Amen. That means we come by faith. We come yes. expecting something. Right. Now, another thing that I want to focus on to bring our supply is that we need the fellowship of faith people. Yes. You need the fellowship of faith people. Amen. For you to be thriving spiritually, you're going to need what the faith that's in other people that's encouraging you and you're fortified and strengthened. You know, the word talks about that you can pray the prayer of agreement, but what if you don't even know other Christians that can agree with you? Where are you going to find someone to pray the prayer of agreement with you? At a local church. You say, well, there's Christians that work with me on the job. Yes, but are they taught the same way you're taught? That's right. In that local church, you're, you're all being fed the same diet. Right. So there's yes. going to be an, an ease of agreement right. that can happen there because you, you've all been taught the same right. thing. Yes. Amen. When you need a miracle, when you need a miracle, because at some point, everyone's going to need a miracle. When you yes. need a miracle, you need faith fellowship. Yes. You need people around you that encourage your, you yes. in your faith. Because the flesh at times and the mind at times will want to quit. Uh -huh. But you'll need somebody around you to say, no, you don't. Remember what pastor said last week? You remember what our pastor was preaching? Do that. There's your answer in that. We all need that kind of encouragement. We need the fellowship of faith. And that happens in a local church. Amen. Another way that we bring our supply is this, through our prayers. Amen. Amen. 
we bring our supply to the body of Christ when we pray one for another. The word tells us pray one for another that you may be healed. So that, that shows us that our own well-being is connected to whether or not we're interested in someone else's health. We can't just be interested in us because it's not just about us. We're a body. Amen. Many members. It matters to me that others receive their healing. It matters to me that someone else is encouraged in a time of testing. Amen. It matters to me. So we have a supply to bring to that local church. Not only that, there's a vision that God put in your, in your pastor, in your man of God. For that to come to pass, we need to help in, in the prayer life pulling that vision along, bringing that vision along, that we're adding our faith through praying for the plan of God to come to pass for that local body. It, I don't just go to church so that others can know the vision I have for my life. I go to church so that I can, I can connect to the vision that God gave the pastor because that's the vision that's going to bless that whole local body and that community. Amen. So we have a supply in prayer to bring to the vision of that church. We have a supply in prayer to pray for one another. We have a supply in prayer to pray for the whole body of Christ. Amen. Then another aspect of why we are to be part of a local church is it needs our work. It needs our effort. It needs our time. It needs the, it needs uh, each one of us bringing a supply to, to, to fulfill the vision that God gave the pastor. Um, when we bring our supply to God's family, our own family will flourish. Amen. When we are interested in that local church, which is God's family, when we're interested that they are getting the supply they need, I guarantee you God will go to work in behalf of your own personal family. Why? Because what you sow, you reap. And we can't get away from that when it comes to the local church. What we're sowing is what we're going to reap. If we don't sow the right thing, we don't reap the right thing. I mean, we, what we reap isn't right. <laughs> If we sow what isn't right. right. Amen. Amen. If we sow good things, we reap good things. Right. Amen. Amen. Then uh, we have to remember this. Every single one of us have what people would call talents, mm -hmm. graces, abilities. Everyone does. Everyone has, has it in some arena, some aspect. Some may be good at carpentry work. Some may be good at electrical work. Some may be good at administrator, you know, administrative skills and leading. Others may, others may be just, um, they're, they, they just love being a helper. Right. You know, they just love bringing us supply. God does not give us these talents, graces, abilities just so we can earn money on the job. They're for us to bring to the body of Christ that we bring those same skills to the body of Christ. You know, whenever I was young, I was in eighth grade and our choir director in our denominational church came up to my mother and said, Carolyn said, our organist is moving away. Um, of course, I had been taking piano lessons about three years at that time. 
And he said, do you think Nancy would be the organist for the, for the church? Mother said she would love to. <laughs> he said, well, do you need to ask her first? No, I don't need to ask her. She would love to. Why? Because mother was training me in right answers. And so she came home and told me one day, you're the organist for the local church. I said, okay. Why? Because mother said. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Because I had an ability in that direction. And that ability wasn't just for me to have to study for college, which I did. Classical piano performance was my major in college. It wasn't just for that. Mother realized that it was also for anything that church needed, I was to bring that, that ability. Then uh, the, the choir director said, well, Carolyn, we have set aside a salary for the organist in the church budget. And mother said, oh, no, you're not going to pay Nancy anything. She's going to learn that what her church needs, she can do without expecting to be paid for it. So for five years, I was the organist for the church. When I got to be a junior in high school, uh, they said, Carolyn, Nancy's been playing for four years and never received a dime. Listen, I was at every service. I had a key to the church. I was the first one there and the last one to go. Uh, I did that for five years. My fourth year, they said, we haven't paid Nancy anything. Most said, okay, you can give her $5 a month. I got $5 a month, $5 more than I had. <laughs> and then when I got to be a senior in high school, they said, well, she's going off to college, you know, and, uh, and we haven't given her anything. Let, let us at least give her gas money. Mother said, okay, you can give her $20 a month. So I got $20 a month. But when it came time for me to, get, to go to college, I received scholarships. See, God's payday isn't every Friday, but when he pays. See, I had sowed and sowed. And when it came to my own personal life, then there was a reaping time. Amen. So our own abilities and talents we need to sow them into that local body. That's called discerning our part in the body of Christ. And then the last thing that we'll touch on real quickly is this. What about our giving, our financial support? What it says in Malachi chapter 3 and verse 10, the Amplified Classic said, bring all the tithes, the whole tenth of your income into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Yes. What's that mean? So that there's provision there, yes. financial provision. What's the storehouse? The storehouse is the place where your life is fed. So that's part of us discerning our part in the body of Christ, that we, we're, we are funding what God's doing. That's why we're discerning. And when we do, we can expect that we'll be in health. Why? Because we're discerning our part in the body of Christ. Hallelujah. Well, we're so glad that we've been able to be with you and you've been able to be with us. We invite you. We're not done. You've got to come back and watch more. Amen. But until next time, remember this, Jesus is the healer. God bless you. To watch or listen to today's message and other messages by Nancy Dufresne, visit DufresneMinistries.org. Nancy Dufresne's book, Daily Healing Bread from God's Table, contains daily portions of healing bread for you to feast on and meditate on in your thought life throughout the day. Order this book now at DufresneMinistries.org. Please join us for our annual Holy Ghost meetings in Marietta, California, January 6th through the 11th, 2023, with Nancy Dufresne. 
We are also excited to welcome Kenneth Copeland and Richard Roberts as our special guests. For more information, please visit our website at DufresneMinistries.org. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, submit a prayer request, or visit our online store. Thank you to the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries for making this production possible.